0: We are starting the Book of Psalms, and so we'll do a few, I'm not sure how many, each day. And um, so Psalm 1 is an introduction to the Psalms, Um, at at least I view it that way. the, so the psalms were written by various authors over a long period of time. Around half of them were written by King David, but and, and many of those written before he was king. So, uh, David King David, however you want to say that. Um, but then a lot of other authors wrote it too. A lot of uh, over various period of time, they were compiled into a book much later. You know, they were just a collection of psalms. You know, they were various psalms that uh, the people of God would keep, you know, and until much more recent times these things were written on scrolls and so it was not compiled into a book until much later. The technology of binding is fairly new compared to the history of the Bible. So there were just various scrolls and, um, and so they, they had these, they, they used many of them as songs Um, but in in various ways, whether singing or reading, they were, they were compiled to worship the Lord and that, you know, Psalm one is kind of an introductory Psalm to, to all of them. And obviously all these Psalms were written before Christ. So they don't know the, um, you know, the, the technical way (laughs) that this, these things are going to happen. But there is a lot of wisdom straight from the Lord on what it is to live a holy life. And that's how this book begins, is by speaking about the importance of holiness. So he starts out saying, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So, he's talking about holiness, Holy. the word holy means to be set apart. So in our house, uh, we have, and this is common, uh, we have China. We got for, when we signed up for a wedding registry, we got China. We've been married about 12 years and we've used that China probably 12 times. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how many, but not many. It, it, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it, it's really holy, but but just to give a definition, um, the, the china, it would be the set-apart, the holy um, uh, dishware in our house. We have this other dishware that is right in the kitchen versus the dining room, which we use every day. And that is the common. And so to be set-apart and holy is to be well so it's set apart right it's 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 uh, special um how so what what he's saying how blessed is man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked he's saying a person who so there's ways to seek holiness which is to set ourselves apart from the ways of the world and there's ways in which god make we we can't make ourselves holy but we can make ourselves available for god to make us holy so we set ourselves apart from the world from the wickedness of the ways of the world and we seek god and he decides to make us holy and he wants to make everyone holy so this is available to everyone but it is not the reality for most because we have to set ourselves aside and seek the lord And then he will make us holy and so this is saying how blessed is a person who does this who actually follows this path and you know he talks about scoffers and sinners he's saying you know that this doesn't make you popular in the world but it doesn't matter to you because your delight is in the law of the Lord and you meditate on it day and night and then, and so doing this and that's what we're doing in studying the word here right we're meditating on his word um then we're like a tree firmly planted by streams of water so we're a tree that has strong roots so a strong wind or storm is not going to blow it over and we have a stream of water right there so we're always getting fed so we're we've become a mighty tree because we're firmly planted in the lord And then what's the, what's the outcome of that yielding fruit in its season. So we're able to offer this life to others because our fruit is bountiful. And because we're seeking the Lord and going after the life that he leads us to, whatever we do prospers. And this is not the way for most, for the wicked. Uh, you know, the wind blows them here and there. They're subject to the wiles of the world and the enemy. And when it comes, the day of judgment, uh, you know, that way of life will be judged, and and uh, and you know, it will be there will be gnashing of teeth by all those who chose that way. Um, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So in the end, there will be a judgment. That makes it clear which way was the right way for us to spend these few short, you know, whatever we have, maybe a hundred years on Earth. Um, it's it's nothing, and we get to choose. And in the Lord, in the end, the Lord will make it clear which one of those was the correct path. And so that's how the Book of Psalms opens, and um, then we'll move on to Psalm two. So if Psalm 1 is an introduction, then Psalm 2 is kind of like the first book of, or of the book, the, the first psalm of the book. Um, it, it, it kind of tells us what's going on around us. So, you know, we're born into this world. We don't know what's going on. We start to look around and what, what's going on around here? What's the meaning of life? Well, this tells us what's happening around us. And more than that, if we are to do what the first book said, which is to seek the Lord in His ways, what is our purpose? What are we supposed to be about? And this this book, this psalm explains it. And it starts with a question. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why are the people devising a vain thing? And that's the reality, and and really that's more so the reality right now than, than a lot of times, but that's always the reality of the world. In that there's always kind of chaos in the world because it's under a dark, uh, you know, a dark ruler, and um, people are always devising vain things. People are coming up with all their own theories, their own ways of righteousness, their own plans to make the world in their own image, because the world is not um, that have not subjected themselves to the righteous king. And so there's, we already see there's kind of a hint of battle. And then we go on to verse two. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So, yes, saying the rulers of the earth are against God's way. And again, that's because they're born under uh, the kingdom of Satan, and and not knowingly, but, but that's the reality. And, um, and so the, the ways of the world, the rulers of the world are continually aligned against the Lord's anointed. And so then we move on. And then it tells us, so just to finish the three says, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords. So this Satan is continually trying to rip away at having to. Obey the Lord and all His kingdom. So he's got a he's got an angelic and a demonic kingdom, which is spiritual entities again that are all in in rebellion against the Lord and have their own kingdom with their own desire to rule. And they are at work uh, in this world, and they offer counsel to people. And people unknowingly are continually taking that counsel, and so they have tremendous um, ability to move the way of the world because they're continually putting thoughts and feelings into the hearts and minds of men, and thus, you know, the people are continually moving against the way of the Lord and His anointed. The word anointed is the same word that is the English word for uh, Christ or Messiah. So Christ is the Greek word, Messiah is the Hebrew word, anointed is the English word. So the people of the world are continually in in this rebellion of trying to uh, tear away the fetters, cast away the cords of God and live for their own purposes and again often this is this is done spiritually it's often not people sometimes people are very consciously doing this and they make a big scene about it but but more often it's just the reality of how people live their lives not realizing the 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 goodness the blessing the joy the peace that comes with submitting to the lord and living according to his way and being able to depend on his providence. And so then in verse 4, we move on to, he who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. The Lord, he has created everything, he's sitting in the throne, and and he knows exactly how it's all going to go. So, you know, I don't think He's he's, you know... The, the image of him laughing sarcastically doesn't sit with me well, but, but, but laughing at, at people, that, but the, that's just the reality that he knows how this is going to go, and the, those enemies have no power over him. And so he is able to um, laugh at the idea of people coming against him. But then, he, but then he does speak in anger at the rebellion against his ways. And he terrifies this kingdom of darkness against him with his fury. Because he is God, king, and judge. And he says, as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. And so God has established Jesus. J- Jesus had to do his part. Right. He had to come and live the perfect life, the completely laid down, sacrificial life. And in so doing, he was raised up as king of kings, lord of lords, and uh, was able to sit on the throne. And so he, God has, by, because he lived this life that Adam did not live, he was established as a a king of his kingdom and his kingdom dominates overcomes the evil one everywhere where it is administered but as we read it's important that we read this in the way of understanding this is not just about the son of god jesus but it is about the sons of god because that is god's purpose and so it's alluded to here it's not really expressly talked about here but if you tie this in with other parts of scripture you can see there's clear parallels which talk about the life of a son which god calls us to um, because there's there's clear imagery that's linked between other places so Jesus is established as the son here, but he's also established as the way here to sonship. And so we see the decree of the Lord in seven is he said, you are my son today. I have begotten you. And so this is if you remember twice, God says this to Jesus um, in very special occasions, I think one was the um, his baptism, and one was the Mount of Transfiguration, and those are two we can talk about different at uh, uh, different times. the The sameness and the differentness of those two occasions, um, but but th- this was an important place of of establishing Jesus in the heavenlies and so once he's established he has the nations as his inheritance as we become established we are assigned and given authority over different realms so in verse 8 ask of me and i will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession so this is a picture of process because Jesus is king and sovereign he's the son of God now he's begotten by God and but it's showing here that he not all the nations are his yet he ha he has to ask of God And he will be given the nations of an inheritance and then if we go even further further the very ends of the earth as your possession so this uh, signifies a progression and that's where we come in of taking the ground for the lord so he is dominant if he stands face to face with satan satan must submit but satan was made ruler of the world and the kingdom of christ has to come to reign over the world and that is a progressive thing and so as Jesus asks of the Lord the Lord gives the nations and I, well, I don't I'm not specifically saying like the United States or you know I mean that these are these are territories uh, as inheritance and one by one as as people take over certain areas and the very in in the end is that the very ends of the earth will be his possession and then verse 9 you shall break them with a rod of iron and shatter them like earthenware so now this clearly points to many things in scripture which talks about that a fully matured raised up son of God shall have this rod Uh, If you look at uh, uh, Psalm 110 uh, specifically, but also other places, it it talks about that the sons of God shall have this um, rod of rulership. And so while this psalm is specifically talking about Jesus having having that rod of rulership and, and ruling, it links very clearly to other psalms which clearly talk about that being the other sons of God which are to rule for him and to to establish his kingdom under his feet while he sits on the throne so doing the work for him through his power so that he can eventually hand everything back to God so that we all fully submit to God and everyone becomes one and so you know, shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Now, there's a couple places. The Lord spoke spoken to me over the years a lot about his kingdom being kind of like the the time of the judges in which there was no no king, right? This is before uh, Saul or David or Solomon. um, When God established the people in the promised land. He did not want to set up a king over them. He wanted to be their king. But he would, when needed, he would raise up judges in order to administer his kingdom for the people. And uh, so it would be, it would come here and there. It was not according to an earthly lineage. In other words, it was not, I mean, sometimes it did happen. Um, but it, <laughs> whenever, it, like for instance, Gideon, I think established his kids but then that that quickly ended so it was not like an earthly lineage like like the lineage of david it was um just god raising up judges for his purposes as needed uh to do his will and that we're entering a time like that where various judges are set around the world and um he administers his kingdom through these people. So you can call them judges. You can call them mature sons of God. Um, There's various, you can call them priests and kings. These are all biblical. But um, I like, there's, I think Isaiah and Ezekiel talk about a coming time of judges. And so, take warning, O judges of the earth. And of course, this, this judges here can, and kings in verse 10, can certainly apply to, uh, worldly, uh, leaders or, or those, those who want to be leaders of, of, uh, God's kingdom. And because he's saying, take heed, show discernment. If you move in the way of the Lord, and of course this it's not just a quick decision, this is a way of life. Um, then you're you're bring you're part of what God is doing if not you're you're on the other side of the war worship the lord with reverence and rejoicing with trembling so this is the way this is the way of god's people this is the way of the winning side is living in worship revering the lord rejoicing at his marvelous way and trembling at how awesome he is and that we get to be a part of what he's doing in the mighty uh, scare at being against that way and all the time doing homage to the Son, uh, to doing homage to Jesus, that that he be with us, that we not go against his way in anything. You know, uh, modern christianity and even the world there's there's non-christians who've kind of gotten hold of this idea of jesus just being a wise sweet guy that's just nice to everybody um and the reality is that was not how he lived his life the first time but in many ways it was i mean he very clearly came i did not come to judge but to offer a way of life and so that is his first coming kind of was as the sacrificial lamb but he is also the lion he's also the one that will come in mighty judgment in the end and um and so beware of his wrath it 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 is coming we want to be on the right side of it and how blessed are those that take refuge in him and so this is the reality of the life that we're born into and the choices we can make it clearly shows we get to be on one side or the other of this life in this kingdom and we are blessed today you know people have been reading this for thousands of years we're blessed that the lord is actually moving and establishing his kingdom in the ways long foretold in our day that man i mean all the, the forefathers of the faith, the people who wrote the Bible looked forward in longing to these days because they wanted to be a part of it, but they didn't get to. So if you look at like, you know, and certainly you look at people of the Bible and you say, wow, how amazing. I, you know, they seem far above us. Well, they wanted to be where you are right now and they did not get to be there because what that God is doing in our day is far more amazing than what God did in those days and you get to be it but you have to decide which side of this psalm you're going to be on the side for God and his kingdom or the side against God and his kingdom and that is that is the life that that we're born into and that is the life that we are living in this day and this is the battle that we enter and so this is the introduction to the psalms and i'm going to stop there it's only two psalms but these first two are important uh god bless you